Welcome to the final and sixth episode of our Time Together featuring the Growing Young Adventists here in Southwestern Union. I'm joined by Pastor Alan Martin, the teaching pastor of Younger Generation oh, Church of the Arlington Seventh Adventist Church. We are delighted to have this final moments with you as we're discussing the relationship between Young Adult Ministries and Growing Young Adventists. How do they fit together? How do they, you know, complement each other? Mm -hmm. And how can we strategically as churches be intentional about young adult ministries, which actually creates the growing young avidus into a flywheel yes. where you, your, your church continues to perpetually grow young. Yeah. To begin our discussion, uh, this is a wall art that was created to illustrate. I'm not going to actually turn nice. around, but you can actually look at that. And if you... If you look at the, the design of our next generation ministries, it all begins with children's ministries, with our Sabbath school experiences from right. cradle roll, pre-K, primary, you know, and the wonderful Sabbath school programs, amazing teachers that have dedicated into creating these experiences for our children. Mm -hmm. Then we have club ministries, you know, adventures and pathfinders. Then they go through the you know Adventist education yeah. for some of our children that go to you know K to eight or K through twelve the senior right, academies, right. and then they enter into the realm of high school youth ministries and there's wonderful programs that are you know, designated for our young people, and the question is, and this is a, this was the longest running question in my mind, yeah. what happens after they graduate from high school? Yeah, what happens? And uh, much of the research that has been done, and we discussed research, we discussed so much, so much of what's out there, yeah. we know that at least one out of two, and that's a modest number, yeah. of our high school students decide to graduate from church as they graduate from high school. Yeah. And now, what is needed to bridge the youth, the youth that have graduate, graduated their youthhood into becoming the leaders that God has created them to be in a church that is growing young and growing together? And the answer that, that, that's obvious to my mind, I don't know about you guys, is <laughs> Young Adult Ministries. And to kind of give you a brief recap of the history of Young Adult Ministries within our, the, the North American division, I would like to just invite Pastor Martin to just kind of share his experiences over the course of the years that he has and he spent a long time in Young Adult Ministries, just to tell us a brief uh, synopsis history of Young Adult Ministries and how it has all evolved over the years. Yeah, well, thank you, Justin, for having us here, and I'm so thrilled. Thank you so very much, Texas Conference and Southwestern Union, for your belief in Young Adult Ministry and making it one of the priorities for our territory. The part that I think is super important to point out in this process is that the world has changed over this time. Yes. And typically you would have thought back in previous generations that the idea of being a, a young person, a teenager, it almost instantaneously moved into being an adult. Mm. So once you became old enough to help on the farm and so forth and so on, you moved from those rites of passage of being a, a teenager, a young child, into being an adult, taking on adult responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Well, the world has kind of transformed over yes. this period of time. And now in the research, Jeffrey Arnett has coined this term emerging adulthood. Mm -hmm. 
So there was this point in the sociological and psychological uh, research in regards to adolescence where we recognized child labor laws, mm. <laughs> where you had kids and teenagers being mistreated because they were being treated as adults, even though formatively, developmentally, they were in a different place. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So we had this period called adolescence, but over this period of time, especially with higher education and more educational responsibilities to get into the workforce, we created this area where it's called the young adulthood, but now it's called emerging adulthood. Mm -hmm. In my, every self-respecting uh, researcher has their own terminology. Mm -hmm. So whereas previously it was called like 18 to 35, I think mm -hmm. it's really important to un understand that post high school through pre-parenthood mm. is filled with dynamic developmental responsibilities mm -hmm. for these emerging adults to take yes. on, okay? Now our churches have been typically kind of put together in such a way that you have these programs, you have these activities, and most of these require parents to bring their young person to these programs. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you right now, when that 14-year-old gets the keys to the car, gets that learning permit, they're already thinking about their independent life mm -hmm. separate from their parents. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, if we do not build these bridges in our local church of relationship, right. they're also thinking about driving away from their church mm. life. Mm. Okay, so what's super important here is that we're not reinventing the wheel, we're not creating something new, mm -hmm. it's just we're saying, hey, we've invested uh, so much in regards to discipleship and no. spiritual formation right. as parents in our children, mm -hmm. by the time they get the keys to the car, what are we doing for them? Right in the local church. Mm -hmm. Now granted, we have our academies, we have our junior academies, we have our colleges, we have all these different places where they're learning and growing. But if our churches are not growing young Adventists, mm -hmm. as we coined in the term, right. then it's very likely that those young Adventists have grown into another phase of their life separate from the church. Right. You bring up a good point because uh, as we are in the, in the process of explaining the process of growing together and growing young, um, we forget a very important stage in life and do not make the critical con uh, connection yeah. that happens after high school graduation. Right. And you said post high school to about pre-parenthood. Yes. And uh, again, I, I want to refer back to some of the, the, the research that was done out there of how many percent of our high school graduates go to our Adventist colleges and universities. And uh, yeah. you know, that's, a, that's also a modest number. Only 20 or 30% yeah. of our um, post high school graduates yeah. go to a Adventist campus. Yeah. Where, do they, where does that land about 80% of our students? Not in our schools. <laughs> like not and, in our schools. And let's then. say for instance, we doubled that number mm. and we had 50 or 60%. They would overrun our schools. Right. We have so many, we have so many vibrant young people that are in the secondary ed, higher ed, phase right. that for a variety of reasons they aren't going to our Adventist schools and we have to recognize that but further if they decided tomorrow to go to them we would not be able to hold them so we have a responsibility for their continued discipleship beyond their teenage years right. and that's why young adult ministry is so exciting yes is that we bring to the awareness of the local church hey listen friends you are not done in regards to the faith development of your young people mm -hmm. just because they graduated from high school. We have a responsibility during this very formative time of their lives. Mm -hmm. They're picking the potentially their, their life mate. They're picking uh, a career or a work or vocation or multiple ones they're choosing between a cafeteria of selections of career options. Mm -hmm. They're deciding where they might potentially live for a period of time when they're working. Mm -hmm. All of these are important developmental responsibilities. 
And this is the part, and I loved in some of your episodes here, it's where we have an opportunity as a church to conspire with one another. Yes. During these years, yeah. uh, you're, not here, you're not there yet, <laughs> but when Enoch begins right. to think, oh, I know more than my dad, mm. this is a time for us to conspire together with teachers, with coaches, with professors, mm -hmm. with advisors, with peers, mm -hmm. in order to continue the faith development of Enoch in his young adult years, mm -hmm. okay? Eventually, when he gets down the road, he's gonna say, Man, my dad was brilliant. Mm. But until that time, during the emerging adulthood years, when he's forming his own identity, mm -hmm. we don't want that identity to be formed separate from his relationship to Christ. Right. And ultimately, you know, as part of that, as part of Christ's mandate, separate from the body of Christ. Right. Right. One of the things that I want to ask uh, for those of you who are watching or listening is, now May is just around the corner, and I just want to ask the question, how many of your high school students are graduating this year? Yeah. Do you know the answer to that question? Yeah. How many of you know where they're headed after high school graduation? Yeah. And uh, one of the beautiful moments in my ministry was when I began to hold graduation celebration yeah. services at our church, yeah. where we you know, brought together all the grad graduates. Yeah. We, knew, we knew exactly who they were. All the parents were super excited. If they had gowns, they came with their yeah. gowns. And I know this is a, well, a tradition in young, young generation church as well. But as they were celebrated together, uh -huh. the, the congregation began to see who was graduating, and they began to pray a special prayer over them as they were sending them off, not as in saying, hey, bye, have a nice life. <laughs> they were actually saying, hey, we care for you, we're praying for yeah. you, we're going to stay in touch yeah. with you, you're still part of the family, wherever you may be. Oh, by the way, before you go anywhere, let us know where you're going so we can connect you yes. to yeah. a friend or, or a church member or a, a pastor that's nearby that campus to continue yeah. to help you in your development. That, that little intentionality of connecting yeah. that high school graduate to their next phase of life can do wonders. Yeah. And I, I just want to kind of ask you the question of how does that play out in the life of the younger generation church over at Arlington? Like, like how, how was the idea formulated? What kind of effect and impact has it had on, on, the, on, the, on the families there and the, you know, the young adults there, and even to, to do a reversal, to be welcoming the, the young adults that come to near your um, yeah. church on the different campuses like UT Arlington, how does that play out in that regard yeah. as well? Well, man, that's, that's like a horribly complex, multi-tiered essay question, <laughs> Pastor Justin. Well, here's the part that I think we're trying to convey, and it's a growing young Adventist element. It's this idea of warm community. Mm -hmm. It's the idea and the philosophy of intergenerational relationships, right. and the relationships that you build with these young people when they're younger, mm -hmm. okay, when they're preteens, when they're pathfinders, when they're academy age or high school age students. These are relationships that can go on, especially in this technological age, because right. these young people are still needing mentors in their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, the part that you're talking about, which is so much fun, mm -hmm. is because we've been robbed in kind of our context, our Western context, from these rites of passage, right? right. Bar mitzvah or quinceanera or mm -hmm. all these different things that we used to mark people moving into the next phase of life. So right. at Younger Generation Church, uh, which is the young adult ministry of Arlington St. Anne's Church, we have regular teen dedications. In addition to baby dedications, we wow. do teen dedications. Mm -hmm. We celebrate all of our graduates. And so when we have our graduate celebration. It's a matter of not only the kindergartners that are graduating, but also the graduate students are graduating. We wear, have them wear their caps and gowns. We pray over them and we get 
give them something just to let them know we've marked this place where we've prayed and dedicated you for your next chapter in life. Rites of passage and, and these markers, these milestones are super important. Mm. And one of the things our college students so love is that you know, they want to stay connected with us is we, we try our very best, as best as we can, to send them care packages. Mm. Imagine being on a campus, you don't know a lot of people, and you just get that reminder of home. Uh. To your point, the, the beauty of where we are now in regards to if we keep track of our young people, the way that we're technologically networked together, we can have a ACF chapter, right. whether it's on that campus or in a nearby campus, build those relationships. Right. We've done that oftentimes. We have parents and families. The Adventist network is immense, and mm. it only provides us a few degrees of separation from that young person that would benefit from a home-cooked meal right. and a warm conversation. And it's these steps that Growing Young Adventists advocates that help us keep tracking with our young people past their adolescence into their emerging adulthood. And as they begin to look at you know, having children or getting married and begin to settle into a local home church, those relationships benefit that local church yes. who was once a stranger to them because they were attending a public university or they just moved to the area in regards to a new job or, or a special someone, right? Of course. You build those relationships mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you're part of that local family. And right. we, we celebrate that. That's, that's amazing to hear. And, I, and this is an open call and an invitation to all of our churches that are nearby public campuses. We just mentioned a term called Adventist Christian Fellowship, ACF. Yeah. It's a public campus ministry of the North American Division. And any church can, can enroll and sign up mm -hmm. and register to become a hosting church for the students that are on, their, on that campus and welcome them into their fold, begin to care for them, send care packages, check in S on them. Serve and them food. <laughs> it, it, it's simple. I have yet to meet a college student that refuses delivered pizzas. I can't even cook. But if you have pizzas, if you have right. fellowship, if they meet up with other young adults, it's a grand support. And imagine if you're a new student in a new city mm -hmm. on a new campus right. and you have something that's familiar, it can make all the difference in the world. And again, I'm going I'm to refer to another, I guess, stat that I, I heard. I'm not quite sure if it's uh, legit, but <laughs> for any young adult that moves into a new area, mm -hmm. traditionally it's said that they only try three churches. Mm. As in, they try this church to see if it's a fit, if they could belong, if people would care, if they notice. Mm -hmm. And then one, two, and three, then you're out. Oh, wow. So what, what we would love to see is to have churches that are ready to receive and embrace and welcome and empower these young students that are coming into their territory. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we actually talked about this a little before we, be we began our conversation here is, okay, they're staying there only for four or five years. Right. And they may move on to another phase of life, another location. Right. During those four or five years, will we become good stewards with the resources that we have, we have been given and really pour into the lives of the students that have been entrusted to us mm -hmm. in our backyard that's nearby, you know, around the block? Or will we continue as on as if they don't yeah. exist or you know, they're not part of the community? So that, that's an invitation to the first phase of our young adult ministry for those students that are on public campuses. And we want to kind of jump on to, okay, what happens after they graduate from college or yeah. university? And uh, what happens? What is the ministry that has been done for the post-collegiate yeah. young adults, pre-parenthood or early parenthood? Yeah. W what can be done during that particular phase of um, 
young at all. This is a beautiful story because the, the, the power of keychain leadership mm. is when they create ministries themselves, mm. they take ownership. Mm. So I'm just so thrilled that Adventist Young Professional, okay, I'm going to just claim, I'm going to claim this a little bit here, is that we started a, out of the desire of our young adults that were now coming into young professional life. They said, you know what, we love the college students and so forth, but we're, we're in a different phase of our lives. We want to be with other young professionals. And so Arlington Young Professionals kind of started there yeah. as part of YG, as a, a group of young, young adults that were no longer studying, mm. but were looking to fellowship with one another. Mm. And we just were blessed by a variety of young adults that came from all around the country, including Tim Kusaka, mm. who founded Adventist Young Professionals. Mm -hmm. Now here's the part in regards to Adventist Young Professionals to answer your question. Mm -hmm. In this phase of life, the, the, um, the young adults aren't just simply thinking about just a little pod of people. They're thinking about all Adventist young professionals, and this was the conceptualization of the founder, Tim Kasaka, mm -hmm. as well as other young adult peers that he was intersecting with and interacting with in his professional intersections, his conferences that he would go in younger generation church, his local church, mm -hmm. and even in regards to the ways by which we intersected with young adults across the North American division. Mm -hmm. So Adventist young professionals started, I'm gonna share this little tidbit that not many people know, but Adventist young professionals during the entire pandemic mm met and had Bible study and prayer for one another through the entire period of our masking and the very front end of the pandemic, even to the point where there was beginning to have restrictions taken off. Wow. Every single evening, wow. young professionals from all around the world mm. were meeting together. And that's how Adventist Young Professionals got birthed, mm. got started mm -hmm. 5,000 plus members Active, now yes. all mm -hmm. over the world, mm -hmm. Bible studies, interest groups doing, networking that's happening. This is what happens when you give a young adult a key. Mm -hmm. They not only open the door you provide them, mm -hmm. they begin to open brand new no doors that you couldn't even imagine. Yeah, just to segue into that, these young professionals, I've interacted with them yeah. and met with them, you know, attended many of their Bible studies and it's, it's these young adults that are taking their faith and their work very seriously. Yeah. It's not yeah. just yeah. wanting to succeed in the, in the realm of work. They want to actively engage and participate and contribute to the life of the church. Yeah. So the, this is a network and community that all, all of our college and university graduates can belong to yeah. and enter into and fellowship together yeah. and also receive valuable information and mentorship that is needed, especially for their internship or, you know, sure. as they're work, you know, entering into the real world. And as soon as you enter, enter into the real world in a foreign place, a place that you don't really know, to have this network, this community, yeah. and have them pointing to the churches that will really minister to there their souls. Yeah. Man, this is, this is huge. Yeah. And if you would like to have more information on that, it's AdventistYoungProfessionals.org. Go ahead and check it out, and you can definitely, ha in, in, you know, have many of the young adult uh, children or young adults that you know that are looking for a community to have a place to belong to. Uh, what I want to actually kind of talk about a little bit now is as, as the churches who are striving to grow young, as they're trying to grow together, right. and as they're seeing the big gap that often exists in our churches, that yes, they have some kids, yes, there's some young families, yes, they have a spot handful of youth, but they don't have any young adults in their midst. It, it's, it's a significant vacuum that, uh, that's just been there, it's existed. How do they begin to take the next steps 
to turn that around? Like, what, what are some practical advice and counsel that you would have for any church that would love to bridge that gap? Okay, so here's a shameless plug, okay? The, the reality is, is you're not alone, okay? Mm -hmm. And I would encourage you to get in touch with your local youth and young adult ministry director. If you're privileged, like we are here in Texas Conference, to have a specialist in young adult ministry, that's a great person to get started because you don't need to reinvent the wheel, right. okay? Number two, let's be really, let's change the paradigm here. In the growing young Adventist mindset, mm. every young adult is the church. Right. So as opposed to simply looking for a young adult group to be huddled in a little room, to have a little Sabbath school together, to have your little silo of individuals that are the same age as far as being peers, right. that's not the mindset anymore. Mm. The mindset that we're trying to develop in, reg in regards to each one of our young adults, hey, you know what? There's no young adult gathering or Bible study here. This is an opportunity for me to start something. Right. And it doesn't have to be with other Adventists. Right. There is a demographic of Gen Zs and millennials out there that are eager to meet together for mm -hmm. a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. Build those relationships, understand full well that we have to take Jesus' message seriously. Mm. Okay? So we have to change the mindset a little bit of just having our departments replicating each one of the local churches. Right. And further, this is the part that I think is so beautiful and it's really revealing because it blesses my heart too. I'm not a young adult anymore. But if our local churches began to listen to the stories of yes. those different from them, mm. okay? Start listening to the stories of your teenagers now, mm. to your junior highs now. Mm. Because before you blink, that junior high, that high school student is gonna be a young adult, it's gonna be a young professional, it's gonna be a young married. And if you started to listen to their stories now and empathize with where they are, the world that they're living is very different from the world that we were raised in, but we still have wisdom and we fortunately have the Holy Spirit to guide us in empathizing with their experience. Those relationships mean so much. Right. I mean, in, our, in the previous episodes, we saw the pastors here reflecting back to stories when they were 10 years old, when they right. were a teenager. Yes. These are moments when the church embodied in older adults right. poured into, said a word, said, tell me more, said, mm. I see something in you. Mm. When you do that as an adult to someone that's younger than you, the perception is, and this is based on the research, that younger person looks at anyone older than them that's a part of the Seventh-day Adventist Church as the Seventh-day Adventist Church, mm -hmm. capital SDA, right. okay? So if you treat them warmly, if you listen to their stories, if you begin to empathize with them, they look at you, you're not older than me, but I'm just saying, you know, they look at you and say, wow, the Seventh-day Adventist Church is a great place and a great family, faith family, right. okay? Right. The inverse is also true, we've seen in the research, where someone is judgmental or someone comes in and this has happened, right? They come in the room and you're kind of giving them the look up and down, right? All right, if that happens to a young person, especially if it comes from an older Adventist adult, right. that perception of that young person based on Roger Dudley's research mm -hmm. is that young person says, man, the whole Seventh-day Adventist Church doesn't seem like a welcoming place. Mm, so we huge. can literally change this right. by changing our, 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 our own nonverbal and verbal cues as older established members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in good and regular standing. Yeah, yeah. This is so important to understand because Young Adult Ministries, as uh, Pastor Martin articulated, begins with children's ministries. Yeah. So as, as the culture is formed and shaped where these natural intergenerational yes. relationships can flourish and where the young people can continue yeah. to receive a word of affirmation yeah. and feel that they're valued, 
Where will they go? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a great story. Right. And we've had a variety of stories. One mm. of the places is technology, right? Mm. So an older adult invites a young person to come in and help in the PA booth or help with a camera or whatever. Mm -hmm. At um, Younger Generation Church, we've been broadcasting online for over a decade, right? And so in our ministry, there's this mantra that we have. It's called every member a mentor. Mm. So our media people are regularly asking 10-year-olds and 8-year-olds to awesome. run cameras, to be behind the soundboards and so forth. Mm. I just blinked my eyes and that 10 year old is now a freshman at Texas A&M. Wow. But their involvement, their engagement, the relationships they built in that control room in regards to doing work together mm -hmm. is profound. And he'll still come, Taylor will still come and he'll run board or he'll help us troubleshoot or he'll help us with a broadcast mm -hmm. he, because he's a part of our church, even though he's going, you know, gigum Aggies or I don't know what it is. but. Right. He's down at Texas A&M, but when he comes right. home, it's not like we're not his church. We mm. are still part of his church, right. part of his faith community. And mm. those relationships were built when he was still like 10 years old. Mm. So yes, absolutely. Start now building those bridges. But once they turn into graduates from high school, mm -hmm. don't create a cliff there. Mm -hmm. Continue to foster those relationships because our young people, our emerging adults, need you so desperately during this formative time in their lives. Yes, and one of the things that really hit me most was how there is a ratio, often the ratio oh, uh, that we yeah, have yeah, from yeah, our yeah, ministries yeah. is, you know, one older adult taking care of numerous, you know, young people. But in order for the faith to be retained, in, in order their faith to be, uh, faith to flourish and, yeah. and them to really grow, yeah. especially when they've left uh, their, their home to a new school or new job, yeah. If there are five adults yeah. that are regularly speaking life into them and checking in on them and caring for them, yeah. the research shows that they are more than likely to not only stay, but yeah. get engaged and serve the yeah. local church. Yeah, well their expectation is such, okay? Mm. So imagine you're a teenager and you're going through your church and, and Elder Bob says, what's up? You know, and, and so and so the pastor says, hey, good to see you, man. How's that, you know, how's that going in regards to that project? And, and one of your friends and your parents or a coach says, you know, man, I'm, I'm waiting for you to come out and play basketball as we're picking up mm. on Saturday night and so forth. That young person coming through your church feels like, man, I'm really known here. Right. This is the way that church life should be. So here's the part where we, we, we do this wonderful thing. Their expectation now when they go to another local church or another faith community is, I have to create the same ambiance for those young people that are mm. coming. Mm. I need to operate within this transformed culture where it's warm, where they're emphasizing youth and families everywhere, mm -hmm. where Jesus is at the very center of intergenerational relationships that are having everything in the church. Even if it's not that local church's culture yet, right. It's the embodied culture of that young person being the church. Right. Okay, so it has to start very early to be make it formative, mm -hmm. but once that's their expectation, we have these great stories where our young people, we say this at YG, be Jesus, BYG. Mm. That means that we don't simply go to church anymore. We are being the church wherever we go. Yes. And we've had the benefit of even sending some of our young adults as what uh, Pastor Peter Casillas has wonderfully coined as urban missionaries, mm. where they're church planting or they're being Jesus, being YG, wherever God sends them, mm. creating this transformative, growing young Adventist culture where they go. It's mm. powerful. Yeah, the, the, imagine the ripples of impact yeah. that has if the church has gone through the journey of culture transformation yeah. and the young people are actually infused 
not only with doctrine, but actual love and relationship where they feel valued and treasured and they're empowered to make a difference. Isn't that, that our doctrine? Love and relationship? I mean, isn't that what we're trying to share in regards us. to Preach God? Preach that for us. Preach that. Right. Well, you, you said it. You said it. <laughs> you know, when, you, when we take Jesus seriously, when, his, when we take His message seriously yeah. in our local churches, yeah. it's only logical that we become empathetic, yeah. that we become the warmest place on earth, we become the best neighbors yeah. to our community, which are all the core commitments of, our, of the Growing Young journey. Yeah. And if that becomes our reality, and we see this play, play back, when the church, the local church, who is the, which right, I believe right. is the, the hope of the world, right? When that church becomes a church that continues to grow together. All of our ministries, starting back from children all the mm -hmm. way to yep. personal ministries, deacons, elders, yep. senior yep. leadership, it all becomes a flywheel in which everything is replicated. Yep. But if we're not intentional about that, that's when we begin to yep. grow old. And I, I want us to actually kind of mention this. If, and this is through the Growing Young Adventist um, journey that we go through, yeah. even if we do the five, but if we don't do this one, we yeah. start aging and shrinking and yeah. growing old. What is that one? Well, the, the challenge is, is that in regards to that whole process, I would suggest beyond the diagram of the flywheel, if you don't do one, any one of them, yeah. you begin to set off yourself into another vector. Remember yeah. that when your mission occurs, if all six commitments are feeding into one another, we love the Pauline writing that says, you know, Apollos watered, I planted, God created the benefit. Right. We all play a part in that. If one is missing, if you're not getting watered, although you were planted in rich soil, you're not going to last very well. So I think that it's important for us to understand that each aspect is super important. Mm. Mm. And if you're interested <laughs> in getting started with at least one core commitment, uh -huh. And that's where it starts. It starts with one person. Uh -huh. It starts with one commitment. Sure. It's not a grand silver bullet uh -huh. where if you just, it just, it just feels like too much sometimes. Yeah. Like we're, we're, for, the, for the local church leader yeah. that's listening and watching, and they're feeling like, yes, we need to do something. And we need to get on with it. And we need to um, make those you know, critical changes that are yeah. necessary to grow together. Yeah. But where do I begin? What is the one thing that we, I can do? Where is the starting point? What, what would you say to that per okay. one person, one leader? All right, so from a practical perspective, yeah. from a practical perspective, is uh, I love the saying, leadership begins with listening, mm. okay? Many of us, even now, as we're dialoguing right now, I'm preparing for my response after you get done with your segue. Right. I'm listening to you, it's sort fine. of, but I'm also preparing to have my response. If we could begin a process which is known in the literature as active listening, mm -hmm. where I begin to listen to stories of all generations in my faith community, all the generations of people that are around me, mm -hmm. it will open my eyes in ways that my busyness of life and my chattering and white noise around me has prevented me from really hearing the heart of the people around me. So yeah. from a practical perspective, begin listening, because I'm not convinced that every church wants to grow young. So the force is upon a church that doesn't want to grow. They say, hey, we're fine and we're going to grow old. We don't need any of those crying young people in our church. We're doing great. The preload goes where the prelude goes. The postlude goes when the postlude goes. And this is my pew. Mm. We do not need to force young people on those individuals because it only creates conflict. Mm. Okay. But as you listen to the stories around you and as the Holy Spirit helps you to empathize with people, right. it's powerful. Mm. And so from a practical, practical perspective, listening as a leader is powerful. And from a methodological perspective, friends, this is not brain surgery. This is not rocket science. But 
read the book. Mm. It's a trade book, it's not a textbook. Mm. It will share with you the research, it shares wonderful stories, and that's a great way to get involved by reading the book, and you can find us at growingyoungadventist.com, mm -hmm. because at the division level, at the union level, at the conference level, we are here to cheer, support, and resource. We're not pushing anything on anyone, mm -hmm. but if you want to awaken the vitality of your local church, mm -hmm. if you want everyone to grow together to make the Adventist church the best place for us to live vitality and vibrant life together, start with listening. Amen to that. And it just begins with one person listening to one other person. That's a relationship right there. That was my journey in the previous church that I was in. It all began with me listening to one elder, and that set the trajectory for the whole church. Okay, but that's hard. Okay, so let's make sure it's really, we're, we're, we're really happy and we're really excited. We're sharing the stats and so forth. And someone's going to come out here and say, man, I'm ready to do that only to find out that change is hard. Mm. Listening to real stories is difficult. Yes. And it's gonna take, I love what Pastor Mark said, taking little steps so that people can follow along here, yes. okay? If you're Moses for your congregation, yeah. you have the young bucks that are ready to take the, everyone to the promised land tomorrow, mm -hmm. and then you have the older adults that are in the carts and being wheeled and having to be helped right. along the journey. So let's take little steps so that we don't give someone spiritual whiplash because we're going so fast right. because of our enthusiasm. It does take time. Yeah, it's a long-term journey. It's a long-term commitment. Yeah. And it's incremental steps and it's sustainable and consistent commitment on a daily basis yeah. to really grow young and grow together. Um, as we wrap up, I want us to really think about what we can do right now to begin our own journey of growing together with the person next to us. Um, and we want to begin with a practical step of listening. Mm -hmm. What if you connected with one person? Yeah. One person this week, whether it's the older generation or yeah. the younger generation. What if you sent them a message or even pick up the phone and just yeah. ask them? Or if you see them on Sabbath, someone that you've never talked to before or haven't talked for a long time, yeah. just engage in a conversation together. It's just as easy as I won't say easy. It's, it's really hard. It's, it's as simple as engaging right. in one, it's one conversation step. at a time. As for Texas Young Adults, we're, we exist to connect generations to and for Christ. What we're trying to do is bridge those gaps where yeah. oftentimes there's been cracks and many things have fallen through. All of our well-intentioned events, many things that were just amazing and brought in a lot of people fell through cracks all because we did not follow up because there wasn't the bridge to connect them to the next step yeah. of their journey. Yeah. And everything that we do here, we will try to and make every effort to collaborate interdepartmentally and also intergenerationally to make those bridges our reality. Yeah. So that our young people, when they grow up, when they continue to uh, go enter into the emerging young, young adulthood, yeah. they now know that they are fully loved and valued and belong and can co-lead with the older and seasoned leaders of their church. Um, in closing, if you would like to actually add one last word to, to one person that is struggling to make a decision, what would that word be? Yeah, I, I encourage you to get the support. Justin is being paid to support your endeavors. <laughs> Call him up, direct message him. He'll be there to encourage you. And I think that one of the things is that you're not alone. Mm. Let's do this together. Mm. You know, it's not just one person in one place trying to reach out to young adults in their area. We recognize this all across the Adventist family that this is important. So we want to encourage you to 
huddle up with other individuals, get encouragement from one another, and give Justin a call. We're paying him to do this, okay? Make that call. And uh, through, our, through your time <laughs> with us, you, we have mentioned that there will be a chance for you to actually join the journey this coming fall. Oh. It's a year-long cohort journey that we will be launching and we'll give you guys more information uh, to that end in the near future. Right. And if you would like to you know, join that cohort, please contact us and give me a, a email or a call and we'll definitely plug you in. And as you work for this journey that you are about to enter together as a church, well, what I would love to encourage you guys to do is to have a season of deep prayer and listening with your church. Because without God, without the Holy Spirit, no matter what, you know, no matter, no matter the human endeavor that we put into this, without the Spirit leading, it's going to come to a no avail. So dedicate and commit yourself to a season where you can really pray together as a church and engage in those relationships that will foster warmth yeah. and you know, continue to set you on onto this journey to grow together. With that, we thank you for uh, your time and your attention. And we, we do pray with all of our hearts that you would make the decision to be part of a movement to make the local church where all generations can thrive and grow together. God bless you.